Hey, dude, this dog leg stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists, you found the Groom Pod. Welcome to our virtual salon. My name is Susie and I'm your host. I'm a mobile groomer from Seattle, Washington, and anyone who knows me will tell you I love to talk, especially about my job. One of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show, Miss Barbara Bird. That would be me. Hey, Susie. What's up this week? Well, welcome, Barbara. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 375 of the Groom Pod, recorded on May 27th. This year is flying past 2023 in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors, Best Shot, Show Season, Evolution, Cheers, Groom More, and Stasco. And if you guys would like to support us, you can go to our website, thegroompod.com, and use the donation button or join us on Patreon. This week on The Groom Pod, we're going to talk about ways to speed up your grooming, and we're going to learn about citric acid. This week, What's New is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. So yesterday was the Groomer Mobile Hangout. And we did it at Cascade Grooming Supply. And Michael cleaned the place all up and put tables out for us and had a raffle. He had a raffle. And I won something. Because you're a winner. Yeah, they just pulled out my ticket, and I thought, you know, I'm the host. I probably shouldn't be eligible, but ironically, I got a product that I'm not in love with. Now I'm going to have to use it all up. So I got Chris Christensen Ice on Ice Detangling Shampoo and the Conditioner and the Aerosol Spray. So I'm going to try those out, and not that anybody wants my opinion. I'll give you my opinion. Ice on Ice Spray, is that what it is? Oh, for heaven's sakes. Ultra. It says ultra. Ice on ice ultra. So I didn't know that was on there. So the ingredients again? No, of course not. No. no ingredients. Ice on ice with argon oil shampoo. And <laughs> ice on ice with argon oil conditioner. They had to go with the fad marketing ingredient. Yes. Well, I'm going to give argon it a try because I won them. It should be a decent product. He gave away a clipper. We're almost up to our big adventure going to South Carolina. Oh, I am a nervous wreck. I bet. But we're going to be fine. Yeah, I got to start packing because I'm going to just be... Woohoo! So we'll be doing some live videos from inside where the vans are made and all kinds of other neat stuff I imagine will be happening. The most important thing is that we will not be having a show. So we're going to have a week off in there and then we'll be back. When we come back, Barbara has a webinar. I groomed Buddy this week. He seems to be doing okay. 
and I've made an executive decision that I'm going to give him a haircut one month and then do two months of baths and then a haircut. Who is this buddy? Buddy the Bichon that has the tumors. Oh, the buddy the Bichon that has the tumors. Yeah, sorry, I should have led with that. Yeah, a little complex, you know, helps helps a bit. Let me try that again. So I groomed Buddy the Bichon with the lung tumors this week, and I made an executive decision to edit his haircut a little bit and make it so that he's get he's a monthly dog. So I'll do a haircut once, and then I'll do two baths instead. So anything exciting in your grooming world this week? I did have a very rewarding experience. This is Fraser, the um, soft-coated Wheaton Terrier mix that's been 86 banned from grooming shops around Tucson because he's wild and unmanageable and barks and gets bitey and you can't clip his legs and you can't dry him and you can't this and you can't that and he's easily distracted. Well, you know what? His second time with me, he was a piece of cake. Ooh. Buddy in my hands. I asked her the first time, which was like six or eight weeks ago, to bring his favorite treat, and she boiled chicken and cut it up for me. I am now going to boil chicken and take it to my shop for other dogs because it is the best irresistible treat. Hard to say no to a fresh piece of chicken. That's for sure. I got through the first grooming. I did very thoughtful, mindful, asking permission to do every little thing and then giving him a piece of chicken when he let me touch his legs. This time he jumped up on my table, laid down and gave me his paw. I am not kidding you. Oh my gosh. Of course, what made it easy this time was that he was just a bath and tidy, but he definitely needed footwork. So instead of making him stand up and then then fighting with him to to hold his, I just let him lay there. I got out my teeny mini clipper and I clipped his pads and I clipped up the backside of his pads. And, you know, and then I took my thinning scissors and she had kind of chopped over the top of his feet. I just blended that all real nicely. He just put his paw in my hand and let me do it. I took a video. I had I had Yvonne come and catch it on video, and I sent it to her. And then it came time to do his face. Another thing that other groomers couldn't do, I took a video of him letting me do his face and giving him a piece of chicken, and he gave me a big kiss on the nose thanking me, thanking me for being kind. That's what I told her. I sent that one to her and I said, and here's one of me working with him on his face and Fraser thanked me for being kind and understanding him. Oh, she is sold, you know? I charged her $100 the first time. I charged her $80 yesterday for a bath and tidy, and she gave me $100. She is so grateful. And here's the deal. I did try to put him on the drying table and turn the high-velocity dryer on practically no air. Immediately upon hearing the dryer, he started to bark and get uncomfortable and stress out. So I immediately turned it off. 
Cage dried him in a crate uh, with air flow. And uh, and at first he didn't even want that air and he backed up into it. But, I, you know, I turned it down to a level he could tolerate. And he ended up just stretching out in the crate and sleeping and taking a nap and watching the work go on. And he was quiet. He, you know, I had another dog. I had a poodle that barked at us all day long. And it didn't even trigger him. Huh. Such a remarkable thing. And I think the whole source of this dog's fear and stress is the blow dryer. And of course, that's one of the first things they would do. They would just throw him in the tub and then try to blow dry him and go through the whole mess. And then he was lost to them. I loved watching that video because I saw you use a technique that I use all the time. And it's you put your hand out and you held your palm open. No fingers curled around his muzzle at all. And he gave you permission to go ahead and take care of those hairs on his face. And it was perfect. It was beautiful. It was the example of cooperative grooming where the dog is participating and you are aware and honoring that dog's request the first time he wasn't ready so you backed off for a moment and then the second time you just opened your hand and he put his head right there and held it still for I you gave him a piece of chicken. well of course <laughs> in retrospect i thought oh no you know what he pulled away from me and i gave him a piece of chicken and that is not normally how I would do it. You would have to put your hand in my hand and then I would give you a piece of chicken. But I just did because I just wanted to say, remember chicken? <laughs> Plus he did put his head there for a moment and then he pulled it away. So it worked out. But interestingly enough, I had four other dogs that I had terrible time with their head. All poodles, two large mini almost standards and two toy poodles and the one toy poodle she wants a teddy bear face and she's got really high expectations of this is the woman that says my face looks like an air deal on her poodle she has no idea what an air deal face looks like she must have seen just like some terribly groomed air deal anything wispy off his face she said no we can't have anything sticking out looks like an airedale face that's that's not an airedale <laughs> so, but anyway you know i wanted to show her a picture of an airedale head and say you know like what in this picture looks like your poodle but this poodle is arable I had my hand underneath and I, you know, I'm like, I had to steady my hand on his neck and he was twisting his head around and holding it up real high so I couldn't get to it. And I mean, just every resistance next to biting as possible. And my one mini, that's the retired, they're both retired show dogs. I cannot clip his face anymore at all. He just freaks out. I have to scissor cut a clean face on him, which I am proud to say I can do with my tiny blenders pretty well. Wow. Yeah, pretty well. And it's black coat, so it's hard to see that it's not perfect. But I cannot, I mean, not even the teeny clipper in the corner of his eyes. He just can't do it anymore. And the other dog is bad about his face too. 
although I can do it. At least Zen, the other poodle, is good about my scissoring the top knot, and I can do a beautiful, correct poodle top knot. I do get a lot of compliments on those two poodles of, for my grooming, even though my grooming isn't quite as perfect as it used to be, or maybe I just don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, my poodle is in the terrible teenage years right now. She's being a naughty adolescent. She got into the bacon grease underneath the sink. Oh. Yeah, and ate a bunch of it. Luckily, her mom is an ER vet. So it makes it a little more affordable when your dog gets in the grease. But she ate a bunch of it and then ralphed all over their house. I suppose I should disclose that I got a kitten the day before yesterday and it's very distracting. So if this episode is less cohesive than usual, it's because the bird and the dog and the cat and the other cat or everybody's trying to get to know each other and it's a little hectic here. But on that note... How about if we take a break and head into our first appointment? And I'm watching the cat behind her on the bed. I'm watching the kitten. Who cannot watch a kitten that's in your view screen? It's true. And everybody loves kittens. We were talking about it yesterday. Everybody loves kittens. And this kitten, the kitten, is what we're calling him because my husband has to see who his personality is before he gets a name. The kitten is an adorable orange and mildly white tabby. White, kind of a cream color. Yeah, it's a cream color, and there's not much of it on him. So he's like almost solid red on his body with a couple of creamy streaks on the side, and then he's striped on his legs, and he's got a great personality. And he's getting along well. I mean, he's having a good time right now. You Barbara's saying you can see him in the background and it's just adorable. So anyway, let's take a break and then we're going to talk about speeding up your grooming. Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. We had a question on our Facebook group from Dana Sumsel about timing yourself while you're grooming. And I brought to mind how to get faster in your grooming because that's why you time yourself is to see if you can get faster, I would think. It's a really good tactic it's... that nobody ever uses, but it, especially if you're something of a newbie. Yes, it is such a good tool. It is exactly that, a tool, a tool that will help you, no matter how fast or slow you are, it will help you identify where you're wasting time. Big time. And you can split it up into pieces too, like you can see how fast you do the bath part, and then how fast you do the drying part, and how fast you do the finish work. And that way, 
you can see where you need, like Barbara was saying, see where you need to focus your attention on and get faster. And you can even kind of make it a game where you're trying to beat your time. Of course, you don't want your quality of grooming to fall by the wayside, but it is fun. I like to make work interesting that way, even if I'm only playing by myself, she says with quotations. But make it a game and a challenge and see if you can get faster and faster and identify where the time sucks are. Yeah, where the time sucks are. And I know we both have a similar time suck, and that's talking to the clients. They never shut up. I know. There was a period of time where I had one of these small sand timers, you know what I mean, hourglass timers. Yes. At my front counter. And when I started to talk to a client, I would turn, it was like a two-minute timer, something for soft-boiled eggs. Right. <laughs> Without making an issue of it, I would just turn it over and then see if I could complete my interface with the client in the two minutes. Never. Never. Yeah, that's a little short. I need more like five. <laughs> if you do it in five, you're doing good. Yeah. You know, five minutes is actually a pretty good time frame for a personalized service. Sometimes I get by with a lot less on one or the other of the intake or the outtake. For me, I'm speedy on the intake because I don't want the dogs to worry about what's happening or get anxious or run and hide and put themselves away or something like that. Yes. So I make the, the intake pretty quick. It's the exit interview, as I call it, <laughs> that takes me a little bit of time. That's where the stories come out and we talk about whatever's going on in the client's life because that's part of what they pay me for. I mean, it isn't really, but it ends up being part of the service I provide is talking to people who don't get to talk to anybody else. So, you know, there's got to be time written in for that. I do add in a little bit to charge for it, but it slows me way down. I waste a lot of time with that. Um, that's why I can take all day to groom four dogs. It's not because I'm so slow at the grooming part, but it's uh, in between. But one thing that helps me overall with my time is the Groom More app and being able to just immediately send an, a pickup notice to people or a quick text to people. Not only do they love getting that information and, and that prompt to come and get your dog, but I also add the amount for the day. Oh, nice. You know, like I say, $85 today, please, or it'll be da-da-da today, 125 for today, please. That saves time. It really does, and and keep you from having to chit chat on the phone. Call them. It takes the least amount of your brain away from other things. <laughs> I usually do it when I've got some kind of a dog on the table, so that's really good. I wish I was as good at putting the next appointment in the app right at the time of exit. I do that. Dave is very good at doing that, but I have a tendency to already moving on to the next thing. For the most part, my people 
don't have a lot of requirements for when the appointments are. And if they do, like if they need a Saturday, I know in my head that they need a Saturday. So before I call them and tell them I'm coming in and I'm finished with the dog, actually, I don't even do that anymore because Groomore sends the next appointment to them because I make it before I leave the trailer. So they know I'm done. They know I'm coming in and they know when their next appointment is. And if it doesn't work, they can tell me when I get into the house and I can fix it that way. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it works pretty well for me, but I'm mobile, so it's a little bit different. That just more time to chat. <laughs> yes, it does. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. Hang on, that gets a ding. And I like to chat about their dogs and what we, what I ran into or didn't run into, what it's looking like under the hair. Skin is looking good. Skin is looking flaky. Skin is this, is that. You know, I like to talk about the dogs. He was really good today, or this dog drives me crazy. Or <laughs> I pretty much share my truth of the grooming experience with my customers. And I do it in an informal and fun, almost slightly humorous kind of a way. Uh, so it's not a loaded, it's not meant to make them feel bad that I have trouble with their dog, just so that they know, because if there's enough trouble, I have a $10 special handling fee. <laughs> and then, why so much? Well, because he's difficult. <laughs> because he was having a really difficult day today. That's why. Yeah. Hey, so... Getting back to the grooming process, I think that one of the biggest things that has made a difference in my grooming, and I say that, but it's really, I only groomed diluting my own shampoo for like six months, and then I got my first bathing system, is a recycling, a recycling, circulating, I'm making up words, <laughs> is a recirculating bathing system. Oh, my world. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Boy, I remember that prep time at my shop in the morning where I would have to be like washing out bottles from yesterday. And well, and actually, while I was in the hand diluting stage of my grooming before uh, recirculating, which was before 1996, I would let products sit around diluted too much well we didn't know i didn't know and what you don't know can hurt you i didn't know and i actually had an airedale that was a friend of my parents at that time i loved grooming airedales and i did a nice airedale clip but i did this airedale with a number seven on the body and four days later i got a thing that he had a rash all over his body. Then the vet said I must have used a dirty clipper blade. It took me years to figure out, and it probably was the diluted shampoo that I used. And this was a number seven skip tooth blade. They kind of roughed up the skin a little bit. So all you have to do is rough up the very external part of the skin and that makes a opportunity for infection to get in there. And if you have a diluted shampoo sitting around that's gained Pseudomonas aeruginosa in the water, 
you can um, immediately within four or five days have a horrible uh, skin infection. And the clue that I didn't realize at the time was that it was kind of an all over his back and body problem. A clipper rash or clipper burn is going to be located. It's going to be, you know, like a single thing under the in the inner thigh or you know like around one the spot. rectum one spot yep that you know like gets treated by accident too closely but this was all over and i racked my brain uh trying to think i couldn't at the time cuz i knew that i hadn't used a dirty blade i knew that i hadn't clipped him improperly it took me years to figure out that that was probably the damn shampoo diluted and sitting around and just adding to that bottle or something, you know, carelessness with dilution and carelessness with water because water is a carrier of bacteria and fungi and animals. That will definitely make your grooming take longer because you're answering all the phone calls from all the people you gave skin infections to. <laughs> that only happened one time. I'm just saying in general. I was lucky because I would never have solved it at that time. I just was defensive. I didn't do anything. I don't understand what he do. Go rub in some bacteria. I don't know. He was fine when he left here. Yeah. That's the standard answer right there. Needless to say, I never saw that Airedale again. So if you use products that help you detangle, that help you dry quicker, and you run them through a recirculator, which is the absolutely most efficient way to use your products and to save your hands and make the bath go quickly and do a better job of cleaning is with a recirculator. And then you add it to the really fantastic products we have that have a little bit of drying agent in there, like a silicone, the detangling pot part, the conditioning part, and you're saving yourself time there. Is there any benefit to clipping the dog down first? Maybe sometimes? Sure. Your salon protocol should not be nevers and always is. Rarely do we do that, but in the case of an overgrown, dirty coat, it is sometimes very much a time saver to clip that down first and then um, have a more, a quicker drying time. Or if a dog like my special needs weedy mix who has to be air dried, or my rustic breeds that need to be air dried, it's best to do as much as you can before the bath. It, you know, like it, it's good to have some before the bath tools, like scissors that you would use on a dirty coat, clipper blades that you would use on a dirty coat. Those are safe for before the bath work so that you don't ruin your freshly sharpened equipment on a dirty coat um so i you know i have kind of lesser valued tools that i use on these dirty coats some cocker spaniels that come in that are really thick coated matted 
Oh, let's talk a little bit about using drying sprays to speed up your grooming because they are super important. Oh, I know. And I, I wish that the eye groom wonder spray wasn't so expensive because it is a huge help at speeding up drying. So something that is both acidic and has silicones is going to actually speed up any hand drying that you do on the dog and especially going to speed up any drying that uses air force. So it's going to break down the water particles into smaller bits that will roll off and spray off the coat faster. It's going to provide a cuticle surface that is smooth instead of jaggedy. So when you're using a drying spray, is it important to spray more than once? Like I know a lot of people just spray right after the bath and then they start drying, but there's a benefit to spraying more than once. Oh no, you should spray as you go. Because if you spray once, you're just going to blow it off. If you've got any kind of volume of coat, you need to spray each body part as you dry it. And I'll let the spray be a tool, not just a thought. <laughs> so you want to spray, let's say you spray down the back, and then you start sweeping the water off the back. And then the water kind of like goes down the sides, spray the side coat, spray a leg, and lift the hair up and get underneath it in the, all the layers of it. Because if you just do the very outside surface of a thick or coat with volume, you're only going to have help in drying that very outside surface. If you want to get inside, you need to actually mechanically lift the coat up with your hand or with a brush or with a comb and spray up the leg. And blow down the leg, you know? Yes. The idea is that you spray and dry and spray and dry and spray and dry. That's going to give you the best use of your drying spray. Which, in the long run, will make your grooming quicker. Quicker. And finishing with an acidic conditioner, which most of our conditioners are slightly acidic, but if you wanted to... to really speed up. You might use something like show season results rinse, which is formulated to be clearly acidic. And then that helps to tighten the hair cuticle, again, to help provide a smoother, less resistance to moving the water surface of the hair. And for the crowning blow, the recirculating bathing system with results rinse and a little bit of Best Shot The Max. That is amazing. And I think I'm going to add one element, toweling. The more water that you remove mechanically with a towel or an absorber or anything like that, manually remove the water, the less you have to blow off the dog. So you towel real good first, and then you start your spraying and drying. And even though you think in your mind, well, I'm spraying, I'm just re-wetting. No, you are re-wetting. There's water in that spray, but you're 
treating the surface of the hair to be less resistant to the movement of the water. So towel, 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 good. And you know, if I'm really being my most efficient, I use a towel or a drying mitt on my hand to pick up water that I'm spraying off the coat with a high velocity dryer and especially between the legs. So if you're blowing down the side, the outside of one leg, you might be spraying water onto the inside of the opposite leg. And then when you go around to the other side, you're spraying water back onto the leg you just dried. So if you put a towel in your hand and hold it between the legs, and hold it up to the leg you're drying, you're going to catch a lot of that mist, that spray on that towel. And I mean, I can come out with absolutely wet towels after I use a towel to help me dry the dog. So that's just another thing. Because as the water that you spray off the dog enters the air around your table, it increases drying time because the Air can't absorb more water, more water, more water, especially if you're in a humid condition like Susie is. It's horrible. You're almost at saturation point of your air before you even add water off the dog. So that's an even better thing. Another thing to do is if you're working on a table that's up against a wall, so to have some absorbent fabric on that wall to take the moisture. I drape a towel over my table divider. Uh -huh. But it's crucial for me. I can't get the dogs dry unless I'm absorbing the water rather than sending it back up into the air and saturating the molecules with more water. So very essential for me. Even more essential for the speed in which I finish my grooms is something that I know you don't have a lot of control over because you have other people in your shop. But that is a cooking concept called mise en place, which is everything in its place. I am really anal retentive about this. Everything goes back into its holder or back into the tray or back into the spot where it lives while I'm grooming so I never have to look for a tool. It's a big deal for me. It's a fucking deal for me too. I'm in the opposite way, because nobody messes with my stuff and you can't find anything because they do. And they create new places for things that I wouldn't normally think of. You know, I have an old Ademco electric table that I use as my main table. I sit down and it has just enough raise and lower ability that I can sit and groom real comfortably with it. It has this storage thing that swings out from underneath the table uh -huh. and you can put stuff in there. Well, I have my uh, grooming hammock for small dogs in there and I decided that would be an excellent place to put all my combs because first of all, combs are, are most easily uh, damaged by hanging them and sticking them lengthwise vertically in places, but to have them laying horizontally in this little, whatever you would call it, this little holding cavity is good for the tools. 
And I showed the others that this is where I'm keeping my cones. Well, they just one by one disappeared from there. And then I can't find my goddamn cone. And that's a time suck. And that's a time set. And not only that, it's a stress factor. You can hear it in my voice. I get so angry. I can't find my goddamn cone. And then um, then, well, it's where it's always been. It's behind you in the basket. It's put everything in the basket where you can't. And some of my combs are small, like my little cat comb from Chris Christensen and my half moon comb. Those are special combs that other combs don't substitute for well. When I want that cat comb, that's exactly the comb that I want. When I want my half moon comb, that's exactly the comb that I want. For other regular combing, I can mix and match and use another one. But when I want those little ones and they're in the basket behind my head on a cupboard in a compartment that doesn't show unless you're a tall brush, How am I going to find it? I'm not going to find it. Well, it's right there without saying where there is. That's another thing. No reference given. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's frustrating. I I even go so far as my soft bristle brushes are handled one direction and my more firm bristles are pointed the other direction. So I don't even have to look. I can just know where my stuff is. But like I said... Nobody messes with my stuff. So for me, I can manage that. For you, it just must be an enormous stressor. And the other thing that I would say. I color code, though. Color coding helps me because then I can ask, where's my purple comb? Yeah, that makes sense. That will help. Yeah, and do those, any of those shortcuts you can do for yourself will speed up your grooming. And one last thing that can speed up your grooming and um, it's not as barbaric. Being methodical in your in your actual drying and grooming. That's right. Which I is was, another, yeah. Which is another, because when you're random, especially, well, it just, everybody will tell you to do things in the same order all the time. First of all, the dogs like it. Now, I, I disobey that sometimes on my table. But you have to um, sometimes. Uh, yeah, and I and I, but it's basically the same thing, and I I don't always do my feet first of all things because I want them to. Uh, I'll do something easy like clip the body, before I start picking up feet and poking in between the pads, you know. But before I scissor feet, I will do the footwork and the nails. But uh, but anyway. To have a system and to move from front to back and top to bottom, or as in combing, from front, from back to front and bottom up, uh, that makes all the difference in the world of not only your thoroughness in drying and in combing out or brushing out, but in you're not just moving water around the coat. If you're if you're being haphazard um, and random and letting the dog move around and present whatever part it wants to for you to groom now, and you groom a le- dry on a leg for a while and then dry on 
something else for a while and then dry on something else for a while and then come back to that lake for a while. That's not efficient drying because drying is accumulative. Yeah, it, it just creates more work. Right. Dry hair will attract more, will will relate in more dry hair if you keep on the same spot and expand the spot. Then if you move from one spot to another spot and, oh, eventually you'll get it dry, but eventually is not very fast. It's not efficient. Definitely not. For me, there's only a couple reasons that I'll deviate off of the order that in which I do things. One of those is for my behavior dogs. If I'm dealing with a dog that has specific issues with certain parts of the groom, I'll mix up the order on that to make it more comfortable for the dog, just like you do. The other thing is something that you taught me a long time ago, and that is if the humans are expected or often show up early, I'm going to finish the head first so that I don't <laughs> have to worry about it. And I can leave a little bit less tidy groom if they show up way too early. And it's not a big deal because you, you do the head and the butt and then kind of connect up the middle. If that's only if you're expecting the owner to show up early. And you usually, you know, your owners well enough to know who does that habitually. And I, I do. And, it, and there again, just get that head out of the way because it's almost impossible to do the head with the owner hanging over your counter saying, be a good girl, be a good girl now. You yeah. be a good girl. Yeah. She being a good girl? No. She being an <laughs> asshole because you're talking to her. <laughs> Train your people to tiptoe in and sit down and shut up. That's important. All right. Well, I think that we've given some really good <laughs> tips today, Barbara. Let us take another break and then talk about citric acid. Hey, Chris Bear Anthony here. You may know I've been swiveling for years now with my beloved Evolution Shears, but I wasn't actually born with a pair of swivel shears in my hands. Check out our website and Facebook page for our library of how-to videos or give me a shout for a personalized guide. Your hands will thank you. Don't forget, GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. What are you waiting for? Give them a try today. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to show season. Show season true tearless shampoo and hypo conditioner fit the bill. They are totally fragrance-free and yet hold up on their own as good products. True Tearless has been expertly formulated to be gentle to the eyes, skin, and hair while maintaining good cleaning power. Hypo conditioner is a great option as well, and it's one of our favorite conditioners with or without fragrance. So let's get fragrance free. Use True Tearless and Hypo Conditioner from Show Season today. Go to showseasongrooming.com. And don't forget to check out the Apple Cider Vinegar Shampoo. It is fantastic. Groomers, take your seats. It's time for Bee Bird's Classroom. Citric acid is one of those ingredients that pops up an awful lot. What's it in there for? I have always said that citric acid was in there just to um, adjust the, the acidity, the pH of your ingredients. 
But uh, I recently learned that uh, citric acid has more value than just that. I actually learned this in a conversation with AI. Let me just read it. Citric acid is a multifunctional ingredient commonly used in shampoos and other personal care products. Its inclusion serves several purposes, including one pH adjustment. Citric acid is often used as a pH adjuster in shampoos. It helps to lower the pH of the product, making it more acidic, and that's beneficial for hair health as it helps to tighten the cuticle making the hair shafts smoother and enhancing shine. It's also number two, a chelating agent. Citric acid also acts as a chelating agent, which means it can bind to and neutralize metal ions present in water. Metal ions such as calcium and magnesium can be found in tap water and are known to cause buildup on the hair, making it appear dull and lifeless. Citric acid helps to prevent this mineral buildup by sequestering or marrying these ions, allowing the shampoo to cleanse the hair more effectively. Three, it's an antioxidant. Citric acid helps to protect the hair and scalp from oxidative damage caused by free radicals. Oh, isn't that good news, Susie? Woohoo! Free radicals uh, can be generated by various factors like pollution, UV radiation, or any exposure to the sun, and uh, chemical processes. By neutralizing free radicals, citric acid helps to maintain the health and integrity of the hair. Yeah, I didn't know that. And four, preservative enhancer. Citric acid can enhance the effectiveness of preservatives in shampoos. This is because of it being a chelator, by the way. It creates an acidic environment that inhibits the growth of microorganisms, helping to extend the shelf life of the product and prevent spoilage as well as chelating with those mischievous metal ions that are found in your hard water. So finally, number five, in addition to its functional properties, citric acid can also enhance the fragrance of shampoos. It helps to stabilize and, and enhance the scent of other fragrance ingredients, providing a pleasant aroma to the product. So how is that? That's a lot of functions. That's five functions where I've just been saying it's just in there at the very end of the list to uh, adjust the pH. Now we learn much more. So then I asked AI, because last week we studied acidic acid as in vinegar, so I asked AI, would citric acid and acidic acid act the same with hair? And it said, citric acid and acetic acid are both acids commonly used in hair care products, but they have some differences in their properties and effects on the hair. Here's a comparison. One pH level, citric acid is a weak organic acid with a pH of around 2.2 to 2.5, 2 
while acidic acid, the main component of vinegar, is also a weak acid, but has a lower pH of around 2.4 to 2.6. That isn't even lower. Uh, hello, AI. <laughs> They're all numbers, dude. But it says, it, let's just say it definitely citric acid is going to be more acidic than apple cider vinegar, which is another step less acidic. Another step towards neutral. Hair cuticle, both citric acid and acidic acid can help in smoothing the hair cuticle, enhancing shine and improving manageability. So these are pretty similar in that nature. And both can contribute to scalp health because of their antimicrobial properties uh, that help combat fungal or bacterial growth on the scalp or in the case of our dogs on their skin. However, the big difference is that acidic acid has a more pleasant odor. Some people just don't like the vinegary balsamic uh, odor of the uh, vinegar. Uh, both have chelating properties, so that looks like they both are the same that way. And uh, there again, scent is the biggest difference. Two really big differences. They both have some similar functions or behaviors with hair, but as, uh, vinegar acid is generally a little bit less acidic. I'm going to say less acidic than citric acid, but they're both good in here. Were you alive back when lemon juice rinse was a thing? Oh, yeah. That was very popular when I was a kid. In my teenage years, that was a real popular fad for a while and even showed up in some hair shampoos of the decade. Lemon juice. Sun in, it was called. Sun in. I wonder if they still have it. I don't know, but they are still recommending. It is still on the internet as a do-it-yourself option to do a lemon juice rinse. It was a big thing when I was in high school. Yeah, Sun In is still available. <laughs> well. Isn't that interesting? Anyway, tangent. Now you have to look at the ingredients. Yeah, I'm trying to find them. Lemon juice. It's about halfway down. Yeah, well, there it is. Interesting. Well, yet another fascinating ingredient we have to deal with on a daily basis. So now we can appreciate when we see citric acid in an ingredient um, list, we can uh, appreciate its multifunctional performance therein, right? I like it a lot. So citric acid, it's um, a main component of the redkin, the human product that's made by redkin called acidic bonding repairing system. Bonding repair is the latest thing in human hair care. So we will uh, talk about that soon. Cool. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap it up this week. We will be back next week to do it all again. And Barbara, thanks for being here. Thanks, everybody. Happy grooming. See you next week on the Groom Pod. Bye-bye. Bye now. Take care because we love you.
and meet you.